everybody, this week we are going to be talking about two films, one that is now on Netflix, that is Glass Onion, also another one in theaters, Babylon. We're going to dig deep into both of those right now on Flickr Effect, episode 425. Hey, hey, hey. Hi. Everybody. Like as soon as we started, my chair started doing weird things. There we go. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Good. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Happy everyone. Happy post-Christmas. Happy pre-New Year's. We are, we are festive tonight. We're very festive this evening. Very festive. We are. This is that weird week in between the two major holidays at the end of the year, and it's like... It's a weird week. Like it's a weird week when you go back to school to work and you're just like, I don't really want to work, but I kind of have to work. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. No, it's, it's weird. yeah. For those of us who are actually working, it's a little quieter usually depending on what you do. But boy, the roads have been nice. No yeah. traffic. Yeah. It's always oh, like it's a boring. tease when it's. It is. I'm already dreading the hit when it starts back up. Right. It's basically when schools are out. Traffic is so much better. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways. Anyways. Digress. I'll digress away. Um, so yeah, just you and I tonight. Bobby, unfortunately, cannot be here. Yasha, unfortunately, cannot be here. It's that holiday season. It is. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about a couple movies. Two movies we saw on the same day. Y- yes. That is we true. We yeah, saw both of these that. on the same day. Um, this is how this is going to go. For everyone listening or watching, if you're watching us live on YouTube, welcome. If you're watching us later on YouTube, welcome. Um, this is if you are watching us on YouTube. By the way, you can also listen to the show as an audio podcast, basically available wherever you find podcasts, and also uh, Spotify included, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. So we're on all the things. We're on all the things. Really? Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about two films today. Uh, the first will be Glass Onion. We're not going to talk about spoilers for Glass Onion. Um, and uh, yeah, by the way, we're talking about two films. And I, at first, I was like, "Oh, should we do? Should be? Should we be doing like two separate episodes?" Without spoiling our thoughts on Glass Onion, I think, I think it's safe to say we don't really need to talk about spoilers for that movie. And I think our conversation on that will be a little brief, Agreed. relatively speaking, compared to Babylon. Which we'll start off not spoiler free. We will probably go into a spoiler section on that one. I, yeah, I think see. we. I think we have to. Yeah. So that's basically how this is going to go. If you're listening or watching and not watching live, um, I will in the show notes, both on YouTube and on the podcast, put down some time codes. So if you want to just jump to Babylon, you can skip past Glass Onion, all that good stuff. So you can just kind of jump to wherever you want to listen or watch. Um, but yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get things started with Glass Onion, a Knives Out film, or a Knives Out, Out mystery. Mystery, yes. that's what it is. A Knives Out, a title Out that mystery. we now know Ryan Johnson is not a fan of. Yeah, not, that doesn't seem that's not doesn't surprise me whatsoever. That doesn't whole, the a Knives Out mystery is obviously a marketing decision. Something a, a filmmaker percent. like Ryan Johnson would not be like pick on his own. And yeah, there was this recent article, I think, in Variety or wherever, like an interview with him where he explicitly said, like, he hates that it's the well, title. Well, it's, it's a very, like, 
it's it's what they do with mystery novels, you know. Agatha, it's an Agatha Christie mystery. It's a Hercule Poirot mystery. Right. It's like you know, it's just kind of the way we're used to this kind of idea of a story kind of rolling into another story and and the same main character solving it. It's the way they do it in novelization. I think that's what they're trying to go for here. I don't. Well, I guess. I don't know. If, I, for me, I think what they're really going for is to make sure people know, hey, this is in the same universe as Knives yeah. Out and affiliated with Knives Out. I mean, I think if it were up to Ryan Johnson and he had to add something past Class Onion, he would have called it a, what's the character's name? Ben, Benoit Blanc mystery or something. Right. Like, he wouldn't use Knives Out because Knives Out was its own story. Like, it doesn't. Yeah, no, I agree. Knives Out is its own story. It's, so it's to call it, this a Knives Out mystery, like, really weird. makes no sense. It but. From a marketing perspective, I get where they're coming from, but it's also annoying. Anyway. Um, it's dumb and we agree. So, yeah. Uh, Glass Onion Glass was Onion. available in theaters, I think, for like three weeks. Yes. Uh, we did not see it in theaters. It is now available on Netflix. And that's where we watched it. That's where a lot of people are watching it. It's doing very well, apparently. Again, numbers don't get released, so we have no idea. But apparently, it's well. Apparently, the numbers are good. I don't. I I've seen like estimates, or however that was reported right. numbers. I don't have them in front of me. Um, but yeah, this was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. If you're not familiar with him, he obviously uh, directed Knives Out, but also Looper and uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, a very divisive Star Wars film. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, big cast, just like Knives Out. Yeah. Um, we have Daniel Craig returning as Benoit Blanc. But also uh, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet, uh, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., among others. I think that's really the main chunk of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I will read the description from IMDb, which in this case is very brief. <laughs> <laughs> um, famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. And that is it. And that is it. And I think that's really all that needs to be said. It's another mystery Basically. Kind of like Knives Out. Yeah. What did you think of of this one? Uh it 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 is alright. I wouldn't say it's a bad film. I think I think it was okay. Um my biggest issue, and again I'm not getting into spoilers, I thought it was extremely predictable, but it was almost like is it predictable? purposefully and I don't know that's where I'm like were they trying to make it obvious I don't I don't know and that is weird in of itself um but then I also just felt like the characters didn't have a lot for characters that are supposed to have this history with each other and really know each other and whatnot and like be connected they did not feel connected at all now i'm pretty sure they did shoot this during covid or shortly after like things kind of loosened up a little bit i guess right um so maybe it's because they had to keep so many restrictions on set i don't know not that I need people to be physically close to each other, but it just seemed like they just weren't connecting and the chemistry just wasn't there for me between the characters. Um, which I think it needs to be in a story like this. 
There needs to either be a connection with people. You need to feel the tension between them. If they have issues, you need to feel a connection if they're like the best friends or the best friends that are pretending to be best friends but really aren't. Like you need to have some kind of thing happening and I felt like that just wasn't happening and that really wasn't bringing me into the story as much. Um, but having said that, you know, I think really great performances from Janelle Monet. I thought she was really great in this and I enjoy her quite a lot to begin with. Um, so that was enjoyable to watch her in this film. I think she was probably the highlight for me, but yeah, it's like, it was an okayish ride, but I feel like there's a lot that could be worked on with this one. Right. That's where I'm at. Uh, for me, um, yeah, uh, I, I'll back up first and just say quickly, Knives Out. I was a huge fan of Knives Out. In fact, I think I liked Knives Out more than you did. You did like Knives Out more than I did. Um, but I, I really liked Knives Out. And I, overall, I've been a fan of Ryan Johnson. And even yep. even Last Jedi is a movie, now in hindsight, now that that terrible trilogy is over, <laughs> um, is overall quite a good movie. And yeah, maybe there's a large section in the middle I'm not a big fan of, but... But other than that, it's actually quite good. And I applaud him for trying to do something different in a Star Wars universe. I will agree. Not to go down a whole road about his previous films. But anyway, um, Glass Onion, you know, I've I've said this kind of thing before where this has happened where, you know, it seems like that the the kind of general consensus on a movie will be so like one way or the other. And then when you fall in the other direction, it makes you go, maybe I should just like step back and watch it again or something. Like it really makes you question yourself or at least it does me. Like for instance, Knives Out or sorry, Glass Onion. Uh, last I checked on Rotten Tomatoes has like a 95% critic score not only does it have a 95 percent critic score as a 95 percent audience score like, oh wow like and that happens sometimes but a lot of times you get one or the other you know you get these movies that are like critical darlings as like people mm -hmm. like to say and then audiences don't really connect to those movies and then the other way around movies that critics aren't big fans of but the audiences love it for whatever reason this is a movie that overall it seems to be very well received across the board i would think um, critics would have not enjoyed this as much but what do I know? No, it, it seems to be very well received. And hmm. I watched it and I, I definitely think I enjoyed it less than you did. I I didn't really care for it. Uh, yeah, you didn't seem no. to. No. <laughs> I, and I, it just simply for me was that it was, I just didn't, I don't know, I just wasn't interested in this mystery. And again, we're not talking about spoilers, so I'm going to be careful here. But... um. I, I will say the movie the, the movie seems to go out of its way to subvert expectations and and I don't I don't find that it does it in a very interesting creative way like I I just I don't know I would have preferred a better just mystery that didn't feel the need to subvert expectations the way it seems so focused on and yeah, performances are good, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess kind of like you said too. It's not like the the cast, this group of characters, was a group that I like got really interested in. Like I didn't, I didn't feel that no. interested in in the this kind of collective story of these people 
that all knew each other and maybe it's because they're all really horrible people yeah maybe but they they were not great people in the in the first movie either no they weren't yeah i i don't really have much to say beyond that i just i don't know i didn't i really didn't enjoy this movie and it's it's one of those things that when i i have now read some and listened to some other reviews since we watched it and i'm like wow no i just there's there's nothing that's being said here that's like enlightening me to oh wow maybe i should give this another chance i really don't think so i just yeah i don't think it's that good and i really want to go into every film wanting to enjoy it yeah i was not going into this like being like feeling like i'm going to be overly critical of this movie like i have no reason to feel that way i like knives out i like ryan johnson i want this to be good and it just didn't do it for me i had this weird thought and it kind of started trickling in later that day and then definitely the next day when I really was thinking about this movie. And one of my favorite films, favorite favorite comedy films, favorite like it just feels like a comfort film for me is the film Clue. Oh yeah. I love that movie. I love all the various alternate alternate I'll use quotes endings to that film. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder would this film benefit from having multiple alternate endings? I can't imagine how it would have, especially again, we're not talking spoilers, but the way this story goes, I don't see how it could have. I'm sure there's a way that sure there... writers could figure out two, if not three more endings to this film. I guess. And I feel like I'd probably enjoy it more. Because I feel like the result that we had was so unsatisfactory to me. Like, because it really, it wasn't a great mystery. To me, I figured it out very early on. I was just like, this is not going to be. I was just kind of going, oh my God, do I have to watch this movie and just go through the paces? Which I had to. Which sucks, because I wanted to enjoy it. I love mysteries. I like comedy. Like, all these things should have been a happy little pot cauldron for me, and it wasn't. And I was like, I wonder if. He had different variations of endings and how maybe that would play into thoughts. I don't know. It's just a weird idea. I will say I could see what you're saying. I do not think he had alternate endings to this. That would have been so interesting. Now, interesting things about the movie or an interesting thing about the movie is, you know, what what it is saying about, you know, the the kind of one percenters or the billionaires of the world. And especially top, especially topical. Like you have to imagine, Ryan Johnson is has been watching the the goings on at Twitter in just delight. Oh, that, that, he must just be like, giggling. That it just it almost felt like he wrote this a month ago. <laughs> you yes. Know? I mean, not that he needed yes. to. I'm sure I, I you can tell that that's kind of where he's going with this, and it's not like you know Elon Musk has been right. You know, it's suddenly like who we all realize he is or something like that. But I don't know. It, no, our current atmosphere of rich guys and weird things occurring, it lines up pretty spectacularly oh, yeah. well, just coincidentally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, that that in and of itself is, is kind of fun. But unfortunately, yeah, this film is a miss for me. I'm not saying I hated it, but and it's definitely not like the worst film or anything. I don't think it's like a, Bad film. It just didn't really. It did not hit the marks for and me. And I would agree. I don't know. You know, I, I am saying I didn't really enjoy this. Do I think it's a bad movie? No. I think it's entertaining enough. 
I wasn't sitting there going, God, make this stop. I want this to be over. But it did end. And I was like, I was left disappointed. And I'll be honest, like, especially considering uh, kind of my expectations for this. you liked the first one so much. Um, You know, we've got our top 10 show coming up. And we're going to do a show like with, you know, we always talk on the categories and stuff. And if we do kind of discuss most disappointing movies of the year, I can almost guarantee this will be on my list. It sounds like this is a disappointment for you. Majorly. Like you're not like it's a crappy movie. You're like, I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed in you, Glass Onion. Yeah, I, I I hope the third film, which you know I'm pretty sure is a lock with yeah, the deal that he like made with Netflix. Yeah, I think there is a plan for a third movie. I I still have high hopes for that one. I hope it's great. This one just I don't know. It didn't. Yeah, do maybe it for me. this is just the sequel stumble. But it's not for a lot of people. I mean, I Correct. that was another That's thing. True. Like you That's know. True. I was really hoping, actually, that we could discuss this with Bobby and or Yasha, because I I didn't want, I would like to have another voice here of someone who did really enjoy it, just to talk. I not, agree. Not not to like let's let's say Bobby enjoyed it. I not to like bash anyone who loved this movie. I'm just genuinely curious, like like what were the points what, that stuck out for this? you? Because I don't have a lot of positives for me. No, I just, I just don't. And I don't want to just come across like we're both just like attacking this movie. I would like another voice here because obviously the extreme majority of Correct. people out there liked this film. So, no, I mean, it, it makes me think like, was I in a weird mental state when I watched this right. film? Was I like thinking like, and no, like no. I was very, I was, I was, I was borderline eager to watch this film mm-hmm. for days. And we finally were like, yeah, let's do this. Okay, it's we okay. Time. We let's got sit time. Let's this. sit down and watch it. I mean, like, I was looking forward to it. So I don't think it was like I went into a weird mental state nope. that would same, affect same here. it. I thought the same thing. Like, that definitely happens. You can go to oh, totally. a great movie with the wrong kind of mindset. And it just shifts. And then the you maybe thing. rewatch it someday like, down, oh, the, actually, down the road. And you go, oh, wow. I was, yeah. I was apparently crazy that day apparently like, i had a thing happening and in my head maybe that'll happen if i watch this again i, I don't, don't know. know when i'll give this movie another chance so i highly doubt that that will but happen. yeah no i'm with you it would be nice if like yeah bobby was like what are you talking about this was great this i'd be like i'm glad you enjoyed it and thank you for pointing out the things that you know were were valuable for him or for a person right. that would enjoy it and to be clear we have not discussed it with them like we're just giving i'm not like a i have no idea hypothetical example bobby like, could be like i'm with you guys you i'm annoying. lost sam and yasha no have no clue um but yeah we'll talk to him about it soon i'm curious glass onion the double miss for us it is a miss for me for sure yeah not not a big fan anything else about glass onion no i think i've i've said my piece you said your piece I mean, without spoilers. Yeah. I don't think we really need to talk spoilers. I don't really even need it again. And again, if if you have not seen Glass Onion yet and you're still curious, it is on Netflix. Yeah. Go check it out. Almost everybody has Netflix accounts. So. Just about. You know. It basically costs you nothing. Basically. With that, we are going to move on to our second film of the evening. And that is Babylon. 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 I know you were eager for this film because one of your favorite directors. What do you feel? What are your opinions, generally speaking, on Damien Chazelle? It's funny you ask this. I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. Um, I mean, not him per se, but I mean, because you, you liked La La Land. 
here's it, it, so here's what I was gonna say about Damien right. is that m- my opinion of Damien Chazelle films is mixed. Um, I enjoy La La Land. I don't say I, I don't think I loved it as much as everybody else. I loved La La Land, but I was like, this is fun. It's entertaining. It's light. It's you know sharp. I like it. It's got good music. It's got good story. I enjoyed La La Land a lot. It's for me. It's probably like my favorite one of his films um, thus far. Um, having said that, Whiplash, I was very mixed on Whiplash. I didn't That's l- the one that hurts for me. That's the one that hurts <laughs> oh, me. I God, know. I know. That's so I good. I did not, I didn't hate the film, but I definitely didn't come out of it going, this is a masterpiece. And I felt so bad because I know how much you love that movie, but I was like, it's just not hitting all the marks for me. Um, I think that year I still put Birdman in my in my number one, and Whiplash was two, but that was tough. That was a tough year. That's Birdman. even. That's even a, like if I sat now down now and rewatch both of them, I might flip that. You know, it could. I think that'd be the mood of the day. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what else has Damien done? Uh, he did First Man. First Man, in I would say overall, I'm a little mix on First Man, but I did enjoy First Man. I enjoyed it much more than like Whiplash. But it definitely. Those are. I mean, he did direct something else. I forget what it is. But those are like his main. Those are his main so ones. far. So for me, like so far, it's La La Land, First Man, Whiplash. Right. Oh. Um, and for you, you're a fanboy. That's that's cool. Oh, I hate to be. Don't call me a fanboy, please. <laughs> I, you know, La La Land. You say everyone loved it. I mean, I feel like La La Land is now one of those movies that it's, it kind of gets conflicting opinion now. Like, I think now after time, I mean, it came out around Christmas. It the most of the movie is the first part of the movie is set during Christmas. But I think it was a very yeah, it was a thing. I very much enjoyed La La Land. I, did I put that as? I think I might have put that as my number one film that year it came out. I can't remember now. I can't remember. But it, I know I, it didn't win the Oscar for Best Picture. We all know it did not. Uh, we will never forget that <laughs> one. <laughs> if there is a Best Picture Ox. Best Picture Oscar. I will never forget. It will be that one. Um, I wait for that Trivial Pursuit card to show up. I'm going to be like. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I love Whiplash. I, I'd say I love La La Land. I think it's quite good. Um, I liked First Man a lot. I, you know, wouldn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as the other two films, but I enjoyed First Man quite a bit. I've actually been wanting to watch that one again because I've only seen it the one two. time. First Man is theater. a mood. Yes. First man is a mood. Like, solid. You have to be... You have to be there for first man. Right. I'm with you. I'd like to rewatch that one again. So now we have Babylon. Now we have Babylon. Uh, so yeah, written and directed by Damien Chazelle. We've now mentioned what he has previously done. Uh, this movie stars Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and uh, a, new, a newer face, a new fresh face. Fresh face, uh, yes. Diego Calva, Calva, if I'm getting his last name correctly. Um... I'll read again from IMDb. Um, <laughs> a, a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Um, I think you could go on to say more specifically that this movie is looking at the tail end of the silent film era. Correct. Uh, moving into what was known at the time as talkies. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
as it described the kind of the way that Hollywood changed mm-hmm. as we moved out of that era. Um, again, we're going to talk about this spoiler free. Um, if we decide to talk about spoilers, which I'm pretty sure we will. Um, I feel like we kind of have. Yeah, to. I'm pretty sure we will. We will. We will say so and warn everyone very explicitly that we're talking spoilers to this movie once we do that. All right. So you asked me about Glass Onion first. <laughs> you asked me about, uh, yeah, I did. Um, you wanted to ask me about Babylon first, didn't you? Oh, very much so. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I very much wanted to ask you about where's Babylon the, first. Where's the bowl of destiny when you need it? Sorry, since there's no bowl, I'm just going to, and I, it's just me and you and I'm hosting at this point, so I get to ask you first. Okay, great. Cool. So uh, first, I just, expectations, like, You'd seen the trailer for Babylon. What were you what were you going in this into this with like, eh, I'm seeing it because it's a kind of a, you know, award season kind of film and I'm, it's Hollywood, so I'm kinda of interested. Or were you really interested in this? Or were you not interested at all? I was all? actually very interested in this film. Um, because mostly because I could tell from the era and what the whole topic is, which is one of the things I absolutely love. I love old Hollywood. I love silent era, talky era, golden age era. I I I am a Hollywood, like, I wouldn't say aficionado because I'm not fully knowledgeable of everything, but I I love it. It's a passion of mine. I love old Hollywood. I love even just the the history of the buildup of El Los Angeles itself. Right. Basically, from from the dawn of Los Angeles, I I just, I'm fascinated with it. Mm -hmm. So for me, this film was like, sweet this is gonna be great it's got people that i like let's do this it's gonna be you know start getting oscar buzz i'm like this is gonna be so cool yeah this was a big miss for me i i did i did not like this movie and i'm disappointed that i didn't like this movie for so many reasons um this movie was a big miss for me it it was borderline at one point. I was kind of like, are we done here during the movie at one point? Which is really a bummer for me. And I, again, we're not going to talk spoilers, but um, there's just, there's a couple of layers of messages that are trying to be said in this film. And I think they're very obvious. And I think they kind of just beat you over the head with it a little too much. And it's, to a point that it's like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't I don't care. And the thing is, what was really frustrating was that as much as I enjoy Margot Robbie, I never say her name right. Margot Mar- Robbie. Margot Robbie. As much as I, I enjoy hear people Margot say Robbie, Roby, and I don't think that's correct. I don't think it's, sure Robbie, it's Robbie. I think it's Robbie. Okay. As much as I enjoy Margot Robbie, and I think her performance was enjoyable in this, I didn't like her character. I didn't like her storyline. And, and I can get into spoilers about that even more. Um, it just wasn't interesting. It just wasn't interesting. It's funny. I was not interested in this film. And I should have been extremely interested in this film. But it just went on. And it was just. It just. I just didn't like it. <laughs> it's just. It's even hard, hard for me to describe. And I spent. We saw this. What was that? Monday night. I've spent two days mulling this over. And I'm like. What can I say about this film? That would explain my not liking it. Because there's a lot of boxes it ticks off. 
uh, makes a lot of great comparisons to other films. So there's like a film in film history, like knowledge that's going on. There's like, you know, Easter eggs of films in there and there's other weird things. There's very tongue in cheek things about stuff. And I think overall the message that it's trying to say about Hollywood, the film industry, just a lot of those things. I think it's a good message, but man, it's just like, it's not, it's not, it's not put across in a way that I thought was enjoyable for me. Having said that, I think the score is fantastic. I will say. And I liked a lot of the cinematography. Um, that's all I'm going to say right now at the moment. Because <laughs> I know you're, you seem to be very like, I can't believe these words are coming out of your mouth. Look on your face. I'm really not giving any look. <laughs> um, but I yeah. I think I sat here and looked like this. <laughs> yeah. That's your, that's your, I can't believe she's saying that face. No, I, but I will say before I say anything that this is a movie that I don't think I'll be surprised by anything anyone says about this movie. Like it's kind of a divisive movie. It is not a, it is definitely the most, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, I, I can't think of it, but it, it is definitely not a movie compared to his other films that is a, would be more appealing to g- more general, wider audiences. More, it's not as accessible. It is as, not. Is the word I was looking for. It's not as, as accessible of a film made by him. It's not. By far. Like, there's, I mean, I mean, again, we're not talking spoilers, but there's things that happen very early in the film that I would imagine if, if you saw the trailers for this and we're like, Oh, it's a Brad Pitt movie. Let's take my parents. Let's, let's go with the family. Even, I mean, I would never take, I would never look at this trailer and go, I'm going to take kids. To yeah. This, but, but the first 30 minutes of this movie, I mean, are... it, it, it uh, gets its point across about what kind of film you're going to watch very, very quickly. <laughs> um, first hell five minutes. And, and yeah, to be clear, this was not a, I walked out of the theater with one opinion or the other. It was kind of like, there are certain movies where, you know, you see it and at least I have to like really mull it over, as you said, for a couple of days. And even if when I walked out, if I had to have, it would I would have actually been interested now to listen to what I would have said right out of that movie. <laughs> Mm. after i after i saw it i can say right now i'm kind of the opposite of you i kind of loved it like i had a feeling um, that you would fall that way now with that said is it's not perfect it's too long it's way too long for what they're trying to get upon it definitely could have ended a lot sooner um and i think the movie would have been fine A, a better tighter film would have been a better movie but with that said, I, I very much enjoyed it. There's a lot of scenes I really enjoyed. Um, I think it's important to say, and I'm not, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, but I, I'm going to go ahead and mention now. I think it's important to say that I, am, I went into this having never seen Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. And of all the references this movie makes, it, Singing in the Rain is in the DNA of this film. Oh, com- it's completely woven in. Oh, um, for sure. Yes. And I've now since watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I decided to watch it yesterday. Uh, it's available on HBO Max. So it was easy to just kind of jump in and watch that. And I'm glad I did. And I'll get to that later. But I had never seen that movie. So a lot of the kind of references to that movie specifically were, was, I did not explicitly get that. 
like other than some obvious, obvious stuff. But right, there's some lines that Brad Pitt throws out a couple times. That you're like, but anyway, oh, I had never seen that movie, and I'm glad I've watched it since. Though, and to kind of go off on a tangent about Singing in the Rain, I think unfortunately for Singing in the Rain, I wish I had, I wish I had seen that movie with no preconceived ideas of what I was about to go into. Like yeah. having, having watched singing in the rain after watching a movie like Babylon, yeah. I think kind of affected my singing in the rain experience. I think it, I think <laughs> um, it, it, there's no way it couldn't have, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I've watched some interviews with Damien Chazelle since we saw this film and hey, I, you are probably more of a film history buff than I am. I mean, I enjoy film history as well. But I have a feeling, especially with the the more classic films that you've seen than, than me, you probably have some more knowledge than I do. But, you know, it, it does sound like that we have we've never really seen a depiction of the silent film era moving into the sound film era like that really happened like this. Realistic. A realistic. Not a sugarcoated. This was a Hollywood that... It was, this was a, we, we had, they'd started an industry in a part of the country that was really, just felt very separated from the East Coast. And people were doing things in the silent film world as they were building up LA that it was almost a completely different city from than what it turned into once sound film right. started. And yeah, like it sounds like a lot of the stuff we see in this movie is pretty spot on of how it was. It legitimately was the Wild West of film. Right. Like, I, there's really no other way to say that. It was legitimately the Wild West of film because it was film in its infancy. And not only that, there's a lot of things that in this movie that, in this day and age, a lot of people might watch this movie and go, oh, well, this is also Damien Chazelle and these filmmakers trying to make a movie that's also kind of woke by including like all this diversity that probably really wasn't there. No, it, it really was. No, it was there because like, there was another, that was right. who was living in California. That all changed when Correct. films changed. Correct. So yeah, you see a lot of this stuff in this movie, female directors, people of color, like, and that's really how it was. And that's it's interesting to see. Um, yeah, though this movie is loud. This movie is in your face. I think a lot of times this movie is extremely entertaining. But yeah, in the end, is it a little long? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think this movie's perfect. No, it is not my favorite Damien Chazelle film. But I enjoyed it quite a bit. And even if you know, you would ask me as I walked out and if I was like, I don't know what I think of this, which would immediately give you the impression, oh, he, he at least didn't love it. Then I can't help but recognize, like, I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about this movie. <laughs> like, I have been drawn to watch Singing in the Rain, which I'd yeah. never seen before. I've been drawn to, like, learn more about what he was going for in this movie because um, I can't stop thinking about it. And usually that's only the case with the movie that it... it it strikes me, I connect to it in some way that I just, I, I can't help but recognize. And I, right. I, I think the movie's quite good. No, it's not very accessible. I, it would be hard to recommend it to a lot of people I know. Like, yes. there are certain people I know that if they ask me, hey, you saw that, what'd you think? I'd be like, eh. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. But <laughs> right. Like, if yeah, this is what you're getting into. Like, this is a film that is created for film people kind of yeah because i also do 
as interesting as I think it is what Damien Chazelle is trying to do with it, I can also recognize, I don't think it does a necessarily great job of, of getting that message across on its own without f- more information that you already either have or get afterward, like I have done. Um, you know, if you don't know anything about the silent film era and, and the era as it moved out of silent films, like you'll probably go into this going, what is going on here? <laughs> like, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm not going to like defend the way I feel. I think overall, I still I didn't like the film. But I will say, yeah, when I left that theater, I was very like, did I like it? Did I not like it? I liked it? No, I didn't like it. Like, it is such a mixture. Like, it really took me this full time to finally go, no, I didn't like it. But it's not that I hated it. It just... I have a lot of issues, and I'll be really honest, I have issues mostly with the back half. Mm -hmm. Most of the front end of it, I actually really enjoyed. So... I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to talk about without spoilers, but... No, I will go on record for saying for sure, like, when it comes to his depiction of Hollywood and films and silent films... It is pretty spot on from what you can read in the history books and in archives and what's been what is available to us. Like if anybody watches any of the like specials that go on like TMC and they talk about these kind of things, these people that go to the National Archives, they're in the archives in Los Angeles. They this is literally all they do and study. And yeah, from what I can from what I know from that information, this is pretty spot on as to how it went down how actors were how money was how everything that's just the scene itself the actual los angeles was dirt roads literally for a very long time And, and it was just it was chaos it was i don't want to say it was organized chaos but it was it was chaos and we learned a lot from that but yeah Overall, I I didn't like it. It's too bad. I'm sorry. I know. I wish you had. Because I, I, overall, I really enjoyed it. I wish okay. that I had, too. I think that there's there's all this, like, little things that build up that made me go, no, it's not working for me. Hmm. And not that the runtime is a big part of it, but I think there's just so many scenes that I'm like, if you cut all those scenes out and you shorten the runtime, yeah, I probably would like this. So, yeah. All right, let's get into spoilers. All right, we're going to get into spoilers now. All right, so if you are watching live, if you're listening, whatever, we are going to talk about spoilers for Babylon from here on out. So you've been warned. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it is in theaters now. If you want to go check it out and then come back and finish this uh, podcast or YouTube video later, we, we welcome you back if you decide to do that. But uh, yeah. In theaters now, Babylon just opened. Like, yeah, I think it's this was this opening weekend, right? It yeah. just opened this weekend. So, anyway, spoilers for Babylon, Michelle. Seems like you have, you have thoughts you have to get I have off so your chest. So many thoughts. Um, it sounds really stupid, and like I get what he was going for, but pretty immediately the whole elephant thing, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, that wasn't necessary. Like, it really wasn't necessary as a whole. But at the same time, 
<laughs> I can already hear you. You're like, but it's trying to give you a setup for how crazy things were back then. And how real it is. I'm like, yeah, it really was. That was real. I mean, I don't think I would word it that way. But no. but I think he is just trying to very quickly set the stage for... This isn't shiny. The kind of down and dirty like Hollywood that we're going to see in this film versus yeah. what you normally see. What you would see in Singing in the Rain. This is not it. Correct. Yeah. This is the real version of Singing in the Rain. Yeah. This is what actually happened. This is how it really was. Yeah. Basically, it does yeah. overall feel like he is looking at a movie like Singing in the Rain. And I guess, you know, I never saw the movie. What was it? The Artist? Mm-hmm. It's my understanding this also covered the same kind of time period. Yeah. I never saw that film. So I... I don't know what they show in that movie at all. Um, I didn't like the artist either. But yeah, it does feel a bit like Damien Chazelle. It, it, overall, it feels very, like a very like I am angry at Hollywood almost like, especially at certain depictions that we've seen in these great classic films, a film that he obviously loves. Correct. Like, I mean, it's funny. Like I had no idea to be honest that, when I was watching Singing in the Rain, I'm like, Jesus, man, La La Land really also pulled a lot <laughs> from this film. <laughs> like, stuff I didn't even yeah. realize. Like, certain scenes in that, I'm like, geez, this is basically La La Land. <laughs> um, so he obviously has an affinity for that movie. I don't think you he can, is trying can... to shit on Singing in the Rain. No. Um, it's an influence. You can tell, like, you can tell that the, the talkies and the golden age of Hollywood is a huge influence on him. Oh, yeah. For sure. The musicals, all of that. It definitely is. But yeah, I... Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I will say, when it comes to Brad, Kit, Brad Pitt's character, and I can't think of the character's name now, um, I really enjoyed that storyline. and Because that is the storyline that unfortunately happened to most of the major actors and actresses of the silent era. They basically, that was the peak. That was it. As soon as talkies came in, they, their acting was silly to audiences and they, they died a very quick death in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Physically and <laughs> metaphorically speaking, right. their careers died, and then a lot of some a lot of people actually did take their lives. Um, a lot of the actors and actresses did, you know, be either through alcoholism or drug overdose or just hanging yourself by by a necktie. They they went out with a flame of glory because that's all they had. That was it. That's all they knew. And it's really sad that a lot of them went that way. Um, and there's some that lived out their ripe old age. They just called it what it was. They're like, yep, yeah, it was a good, good run. I'm going to go retire my little house that I own up on the hill and die there. And they did. But it was an era that once talkies came in, very, 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 very few people that made the last 20 years of their lives were able to transition into. And so it was interesting watching his storyline to see that. And it's funny because... The whole movie talks about basically Hollywood and films in this like secular cycle. You know, we went through the silence and then we got to the talkies. And, you know, that's kind of when like the Busby Berkeley era of song and dance and black and white film really came into it. And then color came in and really mainstreamed, 
you know, musicals and push them through. Um, but then also, you know, in the black and white, we had adventure films, pirate films, night films, and those took on a whole different thing, a different level. So if you think of it in like Errol Flynn, right? He comes on the scene hot and ready in black and white during the talkies and then transitions to color and he does okay for a few years, but then the musicals take off and then not only do musicals start taking off, then like films that are a little more um, substancy, a little more art house kind of start to creep in, in the, in the the fifties. Right. And that's just not what Errol Flynn does. Like he, he goes in, he's the swashbuckling pirate that, that kills all the bad guys and gets the princess. And he didn't know what to do with his career after that. Like once that started happening. And so once films started becoming deeper and a lot less shallow, in their storylines, he went. And it's like, you can see the cycle just, it kind of starts to ticks every like 15 years. There's a change in Hollywood. Like even now, if I look at the actors and actresses that are popular right now, would I have said that these would have been popular actresses back in the nineties? Lord no. But like the popular actresses and actresses in the nineties, and a lot of them are not still sustainable in this time frame. It's just kind of the weird cycle that happens in Hollywood. And that's really kind of one of the many messages in this film is that nothing is ever, nothing ever stays in Hollywood. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving, constantly growing. The frustrating part is that the character Brad Pitt plays even says at the beginning of the film that he wants to push the borders. He wants to push the boundaries. He wants to change and grow. And then when that growth comes, it doesn't work out for him. That's kind of the frustrating part of the whole thing. Right. As an artist, you want to grow, you want to change, you want to morph. And then when it happens, sometimes you just can't. Anyways, no. I babbled on for a little while and I have more things, but please continue. You go ahead. Up. Oh, I don't even. Let's get some back and forth. What are we going on? I, 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 I thought uh, you were going somewhere. I really wasn't. <laughs> I really wasn't going. I don't know. I think I'm just rambling at this point. Um, um, I think we're just talking about the message. Well, like, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll ask you then. Like that. you, you definitely. And again, I, I say I'm asking this, and I understand where you're coming from with the latter half of the film. But was there a particular point in the story where you're like, okay, now I'm I'm done. This should have stopped right here. Like, why? And again, I think a lot is my issues with like the storyline with Margot Robbie. Now, is it Robbie. what Margot Robbie? <laughs> yeah, I said it the wrong way this time. <laughs> with Margot Robbie's uh, character. And her character, her storyline is very indicative of, again, actors and actresses of that time period. They kind of, this is something they wanted to have. They wound up just kind of having it fall in their lap. And then the talkies come along and it's, okay, prove yourself, time to act. And it's a challenge. And you can kind of work your way around it. But the thing was that at the same time, Los Angeles, and this is where the history of Los Angeles starts to come in. Los Angeles as a whole is trying to build itself into a city, a real honest-to-God city, into New York of the West. Like, let's bring in infrastructure. And yes, Hollywood's going to bring our money in, but we need more. We need to show that we're a society, not just the Wild West anymore. And we, we are civilized, and we can have pretty buildings that are art deco. You know, like, and they're trying to build this, but they're also trying to show that they're not just a bunch of drunken crazy idiots that live out west and make movies okay so the studios want people to come out showing that they are refined and posh and that they can go 
to these larger cities and and be revered in a way of like I am greater than you I am better than you I am sophisticated because I'm an actress Margot Robbie isn't that she's a Jersey girl right and she tried to make this work but it doesn't really work which is again very indicative of another of some of those people okay and now you're like this is literally long-winded Michelle <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, her storyline is very true to a lot of other storylines that happened for actors and actresses in Hollywood. Is that the studios wanted con? Want, I mean, they used to have contracts, but they were pretty loosey goosey. This is when contracts come in. They want you to look a certain way. They want you to act a certain way. Personal lives, like if you're gay, you need to hide it. You need to get yourself a beard and and keep on a moving. You know. Right, but what about like? her development in the story, like, was it like, okay, I, I don't need to see any more or there was a turn that you don't feel like kind of ties into what you're describing? I don't know. I think it was just kind of like, it got to a point, like she's just such a crazy wild child. And then she winds up getting herself into money because she has a gambling issue, which they went into. But it's almost like we have the whole scene where she goes to visit her mother in New York at the asylum. That was earlier in the film. Yeah. It was early film. I'm kind of like, okay, sure. I'm cool. Whatever. Her mom's crazy thus making her kind of weird and loopy and whatnot. Oh, her dad's kind of a piece of crap and he's using her to make money. But mm-hmm. he, of course, is going to blow all the money on something stupid. Shocking. Like, it's just... It was just kind of like rinse and repeat, but not in an interesting way. It was very just kind of predictable. Hmm. And then at the end, you know, the whole her owing money to this horrible group, and then she gets the one decent guy in the entire universe of Hollywood looped in because he unfortunately has just the ridiculously love crush on her and he goes to save the day and it was just kind of like and it's like the moment all this is happening i'm watching going this is all just gonna blow up in a blaze of fire and it does but not really in an interesting way it was kind of boring it was kind of like okay let's take you to this house and we'll have a kind of chill weird awkward conversation with this guy and then let's just show you the seediest crap that happens pretty much in any city. But oh, the seediest of the city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is about as... Oh, it's... Yeah. It is the under underbelly. I mean, like they say, and I will curse, it is the asshole of Los Angeles. That is exactly where they went. Um, you know, and then they have this whole scene play out, and it was entertaining to a point, but at the same time, it was just kind of like, none of this is absolutely necessary at all. Like... I don't know, it was just kind of boring at that hmm. point. I lost interest in her character. Okay. In that storyline. None of that end stuff worked for me. Again, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't think I disliked it as much as it sounds like you did. But I, I do feel like... I, I don't know. I, I mean, without watching a movie a second time, I don't know how yeah. I, if I were an editor on this, how I would button things up. And if there are whole time. scenes I would remove, like, because there was nothing in particular about, like, for instance, the scene we're just talking about with um, Diego's characters, you know, like try, trying to help. Yeah, Manny trying to help her out and going to Toby Maguire's character, which, yeah, I'm watching the movie, by the way, and I'm like, so Toby McGuire's in this, right? Like, how have we not seen him yet? <laughs> like, obviously, I knew the movie was long, but it got to a point where I was like, man, I really thought we would have seen him by now. And then finally, we go, we're going up the steps to that part. I'm like, ah, oh, this is where he's going to be. 
and I mean, yeah, you see him in the trailer, but man, he just like the makeup work on him. He just <laughs> looks, like looks like hell, just terrible. Like, man, opium will mess you up, yeah, dude. Like, it's, it's pretty bad. Anyway, there was nothing about any of that that I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. This deal all needs to go. It was just kind but of boring it, to watch. Yeah, I don't know. Kinda, in a way, it felt unnecessary, and maybe if you know you could ever have an in-depth conversation with Damien Chazelle, like, okay, this stuff in particular, like, what were you going for with this? So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if he would answer you. Um, but uh, so I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, but I don't. I don't think I disliked it as much as you did. I mean, the whole point is to scare the crap out of him. Well, that yes, but I mean, his general, his his more. As a filmmaker, his more general kind of like, what is there a message he's getting across about what is now happening to Los Angeles by showing this underbelly of the city? Correct. As kind of a representation of a a new part of of this emerging city after the silent film era that is is not so great. I don't know. Right. Maybe. So it's you know again you're taking a Wild West city. Where really anything went, anything goes, you know, and you can do some weird stuff. And if, as long as it's in this house up on the hills and whatever, it can be as weird as you want it to be. But then as Hollywood starts evolving into the talkie era, which is when they start trying to be a cleaner city. Because the city is trying to show that it is more than just a Wild West town. What do you do with these weird, crazy, seedy things? Them under the rug. Sweep them under the rug. Yeah. Exactly. That's the message he's trying to get across. Is that Scott, everybody, all the weird stuff crap has to go somewhere right so here's where it goes um and on top of that it's always going to exist in los angeles weird i hate to use the word freaky things in the world are still there it's all just layer buried under layers um and you know a really great old film and you saw i don't know if you've seen this film or not have you seen the film freaks no I was watching that scene and I kept thinking about this this old black and white film, Freaks. It was pretty shortly after the talkies kind of really started. Uh, it was like probably the next generation after talkies. It's like a little more advanced. Film started to have like a message, right? Actual depth to a storyline. It and it's really good. And I'm watching the scene play out and I was like, it just brought me back to that movie. Highly recommend it. Um, really great for Halloween time too, actually. Anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm getting off on a tangent. Um, but it's like, he's trying to get this message of this is what happens to Los Angeles when you try to clean it up. Things still have to go somewhere. So I get that message, but I'm like, it's just, it's not, I don't know. It just felt like a lot just didn't need to be needed in a lot of this movie after a certain point. There's a lot of scenes, especially in the back half, that just kind of like need to move on. Like, the downside is, is like there's a scene with Brad Pitt and he goes to meet with the uh, magazine writer. Right, the like, I can't think. I can't think. Oh, Gene Smart's character. Thank you. Yes, he goes to meet with Gene Smart's character, and uh, Eleanor St. John. Eleanor St. John, the you know writer to the stars. Right. Um, and I'm watching the scene, and she's she is a th- she is so accurate, and she's so on the nose about what she tells him. I'm thinking. Oh no, it's great. You're talking about the yeah the the scene where she's basically just being completely honest with him. Like, yeah, you're like, done. This is like, how it goes. It's over, sweetheart. This is Hollywood. It's going to keep evolving. Appreciate Every, what you had. Appreciate sure you had. It will take, live on forever. Take your money. 
enjoy a nice home that you don't have to pay much crap on. Right. <laughs> Die peacefully. Um, and she's very honest about it. She's honest about the way Hollywood works. I was just I was watching that scene and I was really enjoying it. I was thinking, cool, in movie, boom, right there. Like <laughs> you basically like it was it just wrapped it up in such a great way. But then it just, you know, it just kind of kept continuing and it was just kind of driving more of the point of what they were trying to say is like Hollywood evolves, Hollywood changes, you either move with it or you're going to you're going to be done. And just kind of kept going from there. And I was just kind of like, yeah. The movie just, a lot of stuff didn't work for One me. One random thought I had, I meant to mention earlier, and this is now completely out of nowhere, um, that I had a more general thought about the movie. Not, It's not exactly, like, accurate. But, like, you you could almost look at, at this movie of like as, like, what if Boz Lerman had directed The Great Movie Ride, the movie? <laughs> like, especially, yes. especially considering, like, not only again yeah. the inclusion of singing in the rain which makes an appearance in that ride and by the way if you're wondering what the hell i'm talking about um there, there was a ride that opened what was called the disney mgm studios here in orlando it's now called disney's hollywood it was studios. a park original it's one of the original rides uh it is no more but it was the Raised one that the was in the chinese theater and uh it you know it was a dark ride that took you through like different scenes in classic hollywood scenes and it would end with this montage you would watch uh, on the screens, which this film also ends in a montage. And I like, I remember, like, especially during that montage scene in this movie, I, I was having great movie ride, like, flashbacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And especially the way this movie is made, I was like, yeah, what if Boz Lerman had basically gone, I'm going to turn that ride into a movie. And it's kind of what this is like. Basically, what this movie is kind of like. Um, yeah, kind of. Anyway, that was just a no, 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 no. I kind of had that weird thought too, like that, and also like yeah. there was a very it was almost like if you had Boslerman and like Kubrick make, yes, like that ride. That's there was some yeah. influence there too with certain stuff, more the psychedelic kind of yeah aspect, especially of that ending. But anyway, I've I've crapped on this movie enough. What did you what what were the key things for you that made you go? Oh, yep. I mean now you. The key things, I don't know. Aww. I mean, there's, there's, I just enjoyed watching the movie overall. I mean, there was great scenes, you know, especially Diego's character, Manny. You know, you get this stuff where, like, this, uh, this, this guy is suddenly thrown into going on set. Okay, take care of these extras, which that would really happen. They would just, oh, yeah. They would scour the streets for homeless people or whoever to be extras in movies. And, because you get he, a free meal for the day. And he's a guy that can understand where they're coming from, right? You would imagine he's in a position where he was like, oh, they just want, you know, good pay for what they're doing or whatever. But, you know, he is playing his part in this and will he's doing what he has to do and he's riding around on a horse with a gun. And there's just lots of stuff like that in the movie. I really enjoyed that. That scene in the movie, which is kind of directly influenced by seeing singing in the rain, the, the, the first scene where they're trying to shoot this scene with sound and yeah you in singing in the rain it's it's done in this way where it's like they are trying to get her to talk into the mic and that's really all it's about in that movie here here it's like we are trying to film we're kind of he's trying to convey like what how different it is to make movies now that they're having to worry about sound and microphones aren't the way they are now you really just can't make any noise and it's if you do it's going to get picked up by these things and 
it was it was incredibly well done. It was very good. That scene was um, probably the highlight scene for me. That and then also Manny going to get a camera. Yes. That those two scenes for me, I think, are the best parts of this. Or some of the best parts of the film. Yeah, Manny going to get the camera, coming oh, back, so and then good. pulling off that shot of like having all these extras with real weapons, which would also just happen like here, like you're taking actual swords and people- Real sharp people metal weapons. Would actually die yes. like on set. <laughs> and yeah, yeah no, that was, that was really good too. There was lots of stuff like this in, in this movie. I just, I think was really incredibly well directed. He, he pulled off incredibly well. Even if there is a lot of extra fat to this movie that didn't need yeah. to be there. Overall, like he made a, a you know a crazy film that I found very entertaining, and those are some examples of the stuff that I'm like it just worked. See, another uh, that is what I mean. Like, there's things that just worked for me, and there's things that just didn't. Like, I get the whole scene about uh, I kind of wish I could just think of the character's name, Margot Robbie's character, Robbie, Margot Robbie's character. <laughs> Yeah, the whole Ma- like Nelly Leroy. Nelly. So which Nelly was, like the character in Singing in the Rain is like Lamar. Lamar. I forget the first name. As soon as she said her name, I was like Really? Are we doing this? That is pretty on the freaking nose. Like I and like and at this point it was still so early on in the movie. I hadn't quite figured out that it was so singing in the rain, right? Like this is a real time this is the real singing in the rain, right? I hadn't figured that out yet because it was so early on. But as soon as she said him, I was like, I was, I was pretty on the nose with the other chick's name. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, and then, yeah, like when I go back and watching in the rain yesterday, I'm like scene after scene. I'm like, oh, wow, this was in the movie. Oh, wow, this was in the movie. Like he really pulled a lot of this. And I did not know that as it's I was watching it. Basically. Kind of. Not really a remake, but yeah. it's not. But it's it's heavily influenced. He's obviously heavily making influenced. a statement. But instead of just making his own film about this era, he did not need to pull stuff from that film. But it's such a highly regarded film. I mean, it's in the AFI top 100. Either Mm -hmm. like it was at five at one point. I don't know if it still is or if it's down back down to 10. I mean, it's way up there. But it's way up there. It's in the top 25. What it is is the problem with Singing in the Rain, right? Is that Singing in the Rain is trying to point out the issues that are happening in Hollywood and it's trying to point out these issues. But the problem with Singing in the Rain is still in the era of the 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 studios owning these people and owning the writers, the producers, the actors, the ex- they they owned them. And so everything still had to be polished and sharp and pretty and colorful and everything still had to be all fluffy. So Singing in the Rings just couldn't go there the way the movies today can go there and be like, so this is actually how it went. Right. So Singing in the Rain is the fluffy, pretty unicorn version of trying to be truthful to that time frame. And it did it as well as it could at the time. Right. And it did. And I will always honor that. I'm like, they did as best they could because it was still made during that time, basically. But this is the real version of it. But yeah, there's there's some great highlights in it. Like, yeah, the scene where she's trying to just make a scene and talk and have it record. That scene was fabulous. That was probably yeah, the highlight for it me. It was very good. But it's like, I don't need her being annoyed with her father who's mooching off of her and her have to go fight a rattlesnake. Yeah. As entertaining as that you, scene was, you was bring it that necessary? scene up and I would agree. Maybe if there were a scene I could think of that I'm like, in the end, 
I don't know if he needed to be there. That might be one of them. Now, the upside to all this, and there's two more highlights for you. And I unfortunately don't know the actress's name, but the actress who is playing the stereotypical Asian actress, she's modeling her character and what that character is off of a very famous Chinese actress Mm -hmm. of the time. And basically what occurred with the Chinese Americans. And again, this goes back to when these when the silent films were going on, they just pulled whoever was living in California. Mexicans, the Asians that had came, come over from China, Japan, Korea, from all over. The, the African-Americans who went out for cheap land and labor and jobs because of the Great Depression. Like, they went there, not before, it was before the Great Depression, but they went there because there was jobs. There were people. They didn't care what the color scheme was. You just, you physically could do a job. Mm. Here you go. Here's a paycheck. So all the African-Americans from the East Coast migrated out there because they're like, I need, I need to pay money. I have children. <laughs> money needs to come in. So then they started getting these weird jobs making these movies. So, yeah, it was diverse back then at that time because they were just taking whoever was living in Los Angeles <laughs> to make these movies. But the other highlight would be the actor and the whole role of the African-American man who plays. In the Yeah, we haven't even talked about him. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about him. The trumpet player. Yeah. Fabulous. Like the from start to finish, it's it's really kind of uh, it's it's really a great storyline and arc for him. Mm-hmm. And something that's reminiscent of Louis Armstrong and other wonderful black musicians of that era and what they went through in the movies. They got not surprisingly, unfortunately, used, abused, chewed up and spit out by the industry. Right. And they get crapped on because they weren't the right dark or they weren't the right light or they weren't whatever. And it was just totally messed up. And that scene is ah, painfully cringeworthy as that last scene is that he shoots. Yeah. It is a fabulous scene. And I will give Damien total credit for this. That scene was wonderfully done because it is, it's horrible. But that happened every single day back then. And it is mm-hmm. just the it's 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 unforgivable and it just unfortunately is a part of our history that i hate oh yeah we are running out of time i know i could talk about this movie a lot as much as i didn't like this movie i could talk about this movie because it's a topic that i love oh no i i'm with you i i I do as well and i also very much love this movie and I um, want to hear more about what you love, though. I've been talking too much. I, I've, I just, I have nothing in particular that we haven't already discussed to be like, oh, I love this or that. Like, I just, I enjoyed the film. Sorry, I don't have anything else to, to share on that subject. I, I great performances across the board, basically. Yeah. Um, no, again, I don't think it's perfect, but I, I found the movie very entertaining. But I also, again, realize it's not for. It's not going to be a movie for everybody. Like, not. in fact, even the people in the theater with us, like I would have loved to before they all walked out been like, yeah. what did you think? What did you think? What did you yeah. think? I mean, we saw it in the showing. It was like, I think maybe 16 of us. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of other like maybe. couples or parties in there. Like, you know, I would have loved to have known what they thought because yeah. I feel like it could have completely been a flip of the coin. Like, yes. you know, there was a lot of people that were obviously enjoying certain scenes just as much as we were. But then, you know, it's it's also a long movie and it ends in an interesting way that I was like, OK, so what do you guys think of this? You know, I, I, could, I could see that in the whole montage section that he does where he would have just completely lost an audience. 
Like, I think for some people, it, it's interesting and you can kind of draw yeah, in on no, it. I, but I, I can see where people would be like, what the, this piece, of, and they would just, he just lost them. I think another connection I, I can have to this movie, and I'm not going to say my, my experience relates to Manny directly, but in, in a lot of similar ways, like, you know, I, it's something I can uh, kind of connect to, like, you know, I, I'm not going to go into my background a ton, but you know, I worked into the in the sound industry and film for a little while. I worked in Los Angeles, you know, for reasons I won't get into. I decided to leave and come back here, <laughs> and you know, there are many times I never. I've always said in life, I don't have regrets, and I don't. I think everything happens just as it should, mm-hmm. and but <laughs> you know, there are definitely times I go, man, why did I ever leave LA and leave that industry? And I'm realizing my camera is turned off. So if you're watching, you can still hear me, but you can't see me. Um, I think that's pretty recent. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can look at Michelle while I talk. Uh, <laughs> I can give you all my reaction. Basically. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, you get this scene of him, like he has to leave town, right? And he comes back like like 15 years or something later, or 10 years later. 15 I don't know. some years later. Yeah. And it's like, his kind of like reminiscing about the the era he worked in and going to a movie theater and seeing a movie was something I was like I I can appreciate that like I I understand where he's coming from there yeah. and it, it's something that like I don't know I saw in myself a little bit yeah uh, and maybe that's another thing I appreciate about this and appreciate and the same thing kind of happened with me with La La Land there was a lot of experiences even though I wasn't in acting and that's kind of the primary like storyline of that movie like there was a lot of things about that movie that really felt like my experience when I lived in LA and yeah maybe there is a some type of common thread with Damien Chazelle that I have I don't know but anyway yeah, I mean, Manny's character is probably the best one out of this entire story. The whole, I'm just a regular dude trying to get my foot in the door here. I'll do anything to just get into this comp- into this industry. And mm-hmm. he works his butt off throughout. And he's constantly trying to get up. He's on the struggle bus in Hollywood. And he's he finally kind of gets there, but... He puts too too much into into one jar... Right. With one person, yeah, yeah. With that, I think I, I no longer have a camera. If you're watching, oh, on I, YouTube, can, I can so, finish it up. So I can I can just say uh, we're gonna wrap things up. We're gonna wrap things up. Yeah. Uh, thank you for watching. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to uh, just let us give us some feedback, please feel free to do so uh, 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 on our on our things. Yeah, on YouTube. You can leave questions and comments down below. Uh, If you're not watching on YouTube and you just want to write to us, you can reach out at feedback at flickereffect.com. You can reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at flicker underscore effect. You can find us at at places. We're on all the things. Talk to us. We would love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. We're here for you. Please. We beg you. (laughs) (laughs) With that. With that. I'm David Lott. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Bye-bye.